welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. Nah, I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we are skipping over Funko Focus and 4K Spotlight. We got nothing. Like, legit, we have nothing. And Yeah, we tried. There's just not th- nothing interesting that's catching our eye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to, like... Uh, know about like old Blu-ray or old movies that are coming to Blu-ray. The Jetsons movie and Good Burger are coming to Blu-ray this week, so there you go. That's all we got. Um, so <laughs> we'll be skipping over those two, um, and then we'll be moving on to uh, Through the Wall. Uh, both Caleb and I have some good news. Uh, some good, not really good news. Well, no, I feel yours is good news. Caleb's not a big fan of my news. I'm excited for it. We'll see <laughs> what happens. Um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, after that, uh, we'll be moving on to our main shit headliner of the week. Gosh, damn it, Rose. I'm sorry. Okay. This is why I shouldn't be in charge of guiding episodes. Yeah. Well, you do it every other week. So, <laughs> well, apparently that's, that's just too much for me, man. It's just too much. Anyway, the All Bros headliner for this week will be the movie that I won't shut up about, according to Vic. (laughs) Uh, Netflix's original movie, The Prom, uh, which came out back in, I can't remember if it was November or December, but one of those. Um, So anyway, Caleb, what do you say we get started? Let's do it. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show, too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. All right, so since we are skipping over Funko Focus and uh, 4K Spotlight, uh, Caleb, do you want to go first with your Through the Wall news? Yes, I will. Um, So my through-the-wall news bit is actually a trailer, or it's more of a TV spot than a trailer. Yeah, still a good-ass TV spot, though. Yeah, but this was for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and whoo, shit. Honestly, the first trailer for uh, this show didn't get me that hyped. Like, I, I was hyped, but it didn't really impress me all that much. This trailer got me super hyped for this show. I can't freaking wait. The bickering between Bucky and Sam is amazing in this teaser. I love it so much. Especially at the ending. What what does the lady say to them? Do you remember? Yeah, she's just like, how old are you two? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, it starts off with um, Sam and Bucky... 
in kind of it seems like a therapy session. That's what it looked like. Yeah, but it looked a little too like police to be like therapy. Yeah, it looked like a depressing ass uh therapy room. I thought they're supposed yeah, to Yeah, is either like, that or like an inter it looked more like an interrogation yeah, room. Yeah, cuz I cuz I thought like therapy rooms are supposed to be like welcoming and like feel like a little homey. No, not that one. Yeah, I think something else is going on there. I think this might be just like a counselor and they just have some like I think they're getting interrogated. <laughs> Sharon Carter comes in. Guys, we got to make this work. Work it out amongst yourselves. Yeah, I think it's more like like that situation. I think it's like a CIA operation going on. Um, yeah, but it opens up with the counselor or therapist asking Bucky what aggravates him about Sam, and it shows them in a plane. And Sam or Bucky's asking what the plan is, and Falcon just jumps out of the plane and. Bucky's just like, ugh. <laughs> like, he starts, like, following after him, and he's just like, wait, what's the plan? Uh, but it's it's so good. There's a lot of action sequences that we saw where um, Sam's flying through the Grand Canyon, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like it. Which looks... Like I was, I like the um, the first trailer that showed that a little bit better than this one. That's fair. I think it showed off his maneuverability a little bit better. Um, but obviously, it's just a quick little clip because I'm pretty sure this played at the Super Bowl. Yeah, it did. Hell, which didn't this get I don't released? Think anyone watched. Fair, but I feel this got released before the Super Bowl even started. Did it? I th- I don't know. I might be wrong, but like, I swear when I saw this pop up, uh, the game hadn't even started yet. I was like, "What the shit?" Oh, Dropping out a little was, early, uh, guys. Yeah, maybe it was like a pre pre game release. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was out on a date, so I didn't Ooh. get to see it till later. Um, trying to think of other things. We got to see Zemo for a second. We didn't quite get to see him in his mask, but we got to see him holding his mask. That was for awesome. and walking in his like big purple trench coat, which was freaking awesome. Have you heard? I know this is just a rumor. Um, but have you heard the reasoning why he wears the that purple mask in uh the MCU? Mm. Uh, it's. It's to remind uh, the Avengers of Thanos and kind of mock them, antagonize them. Oh shit, dude, that would be baller. (laughs) Yeah, that actually works. Like some people might think that sounds lazy. I don't think it does. I think that actually works quite well. I think that works really well too. Because if you if you think about it, he hasn't. So like, it's kind of like, why would he just now be choosing to wear a mask? Yeah, exactly. And that's a really good explanation. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I'm hoping they at least touch upon that a little bit in the series. I hope they do too, because that's Ooh, that perfect. Would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, that just made that, that that just made the mask like a billion times cooler. Even if that's <laughs> not true. 
<laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be sick. <laughs> um, we got to see a quick little fight scene on top of some trucks. Oh yes. Or it's more like on top of a trailer or something, but it was like it was kind of really hard to watch. Or to not really watch. It was hard to understand what was going on because I, I Bucky gets kicked off and Falcon says, like, oh, that little girl whooped your ass. And he, like, yells at him. <laughs> and I don't. I've watched it a few times and it was hard to see who the hell he was fighting. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch it again because I only watched it twice. Yeah. Um, and then once again, we only get like a quick little glimpse of the U.S. agent. Yeah. Got a couple clips of Sharon, though. So at least there's that. We did. That one. That's going to be cool. Yeah. She's I'm, a freaking badass. She is. I'm excited to see her back. Yeah. Overall, super good trailer. Um, one out of ten with hype level. I'm sitting about an eight. Yeah, I'm maybe a really close nine. It's it's a I'd say it's like I can't decide if it's a hard eight or a soft nine. I'm like I'm I'm gonna go with a really strong eight. I'm okay. Maybe like if it was if it just hit a couple extra notes with me, I think it would have bumped me up to a really soft nine. Okay, but I think I'm with you. I'm a, a really strong eight. Nice, very nice. Honestly, this was the only TV spot I checked out for the Super Bowl. But I feel there was barely any. Wasn't it just this and Fast and Furious 9? Yeah. Which, have you seen that one? No, because I don't care about the Fast and Furious franchise. I saw Hobbs and Shaw and that's it. Yeah, it's garbage. (laughs) Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. John Cena? Yeah, it's like, it looks super shitty. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Well, hopefully when they go to space in 10, it will be a little bit better. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure that they actually, like, are in talks of that. Like, everyone was saying it as a joke. Oh, next they're going to take it into space. No, they're actually thinking about doing that. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is getting almost as ridiculous as I hear the uh, Friday the 13th movies got. Or with, like, Jason X. Yeah. Oh, we don't talk about Jason X. <laughs> or Jason Goes to Hell. I'll take Jason Goes to Hell over Jason X any day. Yeah. Don't they have one where Jason ends up in space? Yeah, that's that's Jason X. That's Jason X? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that... The coolest... That's what, fa- that's what Fast and Furious is turning into. The only thing, or at least for me, that redeems Jason Goes to Hell is, of course, when he actually gets dragged to hell, and then the ending, uh, I'm, basically, it's a uh, end credit scene, is Freddy's glove popping up through the dirt and grabbing onto his mask and pulling it down. That's pretty cool. It's, it makes the whole movie worth it, because it gets you so hyped for Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> But yeah, that that's about all I got for that. Um, Jason X, I mean, he kind of looks cool. That's about all I got. Where's what? 
I mean, I would say there's way too much sex in that movie, but I feel you could argue that for every Friday the 13th film. <laughs> yes. Yes, you could. <laughs> I've only seen one, but yes, you could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV spot? Or nope. wall spot? Okay, well, then I'm going to share my piece of news. So uh, HBO Max announced that they will be doing a Scooby-Doo animated prequel. I don't know if they're just going to title this, but Velma, starring Mindy Kaling. (laughs) Um, I don't know if they're going to do the same animation for Velma as they did in Scoob. I wouldn't hate that because I did like the animation on Mystery Inc., um, but yeah, Caleb is not excited for this. When I first saw this pop up on Facebook, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's going to be my news for the week. Cause actually Mindy Kaling voicing Velma, this sounds like a good time. I'm actually very excited for this. Yeah. But what are they going to do? She was a, they were children when mystery Inc met. I, I don't know. <sighs> It's just like what what could you possibly add? <laughs> I mean, they could take a lot from a pup named Scooby Doo. Yeah, but it's like that she had already met the gang. Okay, fair. I I I don't know. Maybe this is an alternate universe where Velma's the only one that solves the mysteries. It's called Mystery Individual. This is like post-Thanos snap, where only Velma's around. <laughs> we'll call it Mystery Invid. Yep. Or no, Look, okay, uh, it doesn't really work when you abbreviate it. It has to be Mystery Individual. Yeah, that, that <laughs> sounds a lot better, but... I mean, come on. Are you shitting me? Velma? Dude, HBO Max has got to get those subscribers, man. Wonder They're Woman going about this all wrong. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84 didn't do it that much. I don't know if Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to do it. I think that has a higher chance of doing it than Velma. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, but like this is more aimed at kids, whereas uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is straight up rated R. True. What is... Um, is it Dinkley? Her yeah. last name? Mm-hmm. That's Dinkley. the name of the movie. It's Dinkley? The, yeah, the, the name's... The, it's not going to be called Velma. It's going to be called Dinkley. <laughs> I feel so many people are going to make the joke. <laughs> you can pretend it says Dingleberry. I don't think anyone's going to make that joke. No. The only person that will ever make that joke is you. <laughs> okay, well, apparently, I just need to grow up. <laughs> Oh, shit. But I will give you this. Mindy Kaling is not a bad person to voice Velma. But as a prequel, what? (laughs) I mean, okay, what if it was, say, they were making a sequel to Scoob and Mindy Kaling was replacing the voice of Velma? How would you feel about that? If they were doing what to Scoob? So, like, say they were doing a sequel to Scoob, and they decided to uh, recast Velma, and they put Mindy Kaling as the voice. How would you feel about it then? 
I wouldn't hate that. Okay. I mean, um, I didn't hate I the actress didn't... who did it, but I mean, no, I would just I be very either. interested to hear Mindy Kaling's voice as Velma. Yeah, I just didn't appreciate the one or two random outbursts of Spanish. Yeah, when she's just like, oh, this miss, what is it? This clue is increíble, or I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, that was what? random. No, <laughs> yeah, super random. Like, how many times did they do that? Once? I only remember it. Yeah, when uh, they're examining what they found at the bowling alley in uh, the mystery machine. Yeah, they threw in one random word of Spanish, and that was it. Yep. Like, why? <laughs> you got me, man. What did you have to gain from that? Oh, I'll tell you nothing. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot. Scoop is on HBO Max, isn't it? Uh, Pretty sure it's still on there, yeah. Yeah, it should. Okay. I mean, I bought it, so. But I kind of want to rewatch it. I know I did not like it that much, but I doubt my opinion's going to change. <laughs> but I at least want to give it one more shot. One more view. Yeah. I, I don't even remember what we ended up giving it. It wasn't that good, at least I think. I don't think it was. No, it was a lower score. Yeah. Go back to that episode if you want to know what the score was. Yeah. The cons outweigh the pros. <laughs> Just we'll leave yep. you with that. Uh, anyway, Caleb, what do you say we jump into our ma- headliner of the evening? I caught myself. <laughs> Yes, now that we actually found or figured out what we're going to do for headliner music, let's do it. So before we jump into our Alvaro's headliner of the evening, we uh, asked a question on our social media um, about if you were being bullied, what are four actors that you would want to protect you? Yes. And Caleb, do you have those responses? I sure do. Awesome. Or I will here in a second. (laughs) Preparation, man. You're failing. Whatever. So it wasn't protect, it was help. Oh, my bad, sorry. Yeah, because I think the answers would have been different had it said protect. And everyone that answered actually gave a different type of helping, which I found really cool. That was awesome. Um, So first off, I'm going to start over on Instagram. We got a response from our good friend Shy over at Friday Night Movies. Uh... You can find his handle at pancake four or the number four table. Um, he said celebrities, so not fictional characters, to protect me from bullies, no question. Uh, Dana DeLorenzo, which I don't know what she's from. I don't even know her. Um, sh- oh, she's in uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. And Perpetual Grace. Thank you, Shy, for putting what these people are in. (laughs) 
yeah, you were an all-star for that. Like, seriously, man, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dana DeLorenzo, uh, Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah. Because he's a Jedi in real life, too. True that. Uh, Frank Grillo. Oh, yeah. Who was in Kingdom and Captain America Winter Soldier. And his hero, Alfred Yankovic. All right. (laughs) Or also known as Weird Al. Yeah, I really... Oh, okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I only know two of the... Oh, wait, no, never mind. I know three. Yeah. All right, next up, we got a response from the BitHUD Gaming Podcast. Uh, he said, I need Keanu Reeves, which is a perfect choice. Can't get better than that. Yeah, he can freaking go John Wick on their asses. I would actually say uh, Neo. Like, Neo? On, no, you think no Neo is more badass than John Wick? I've never seen John Wick, so... You need to watch John Wick. I know. I bought the trilogy. I just haven't watched it yet. Dude, what the hell are you waiting for? I don't... Uh, time? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, Alright, let's see. Um, Yeah, so Keanu Reeves, Elon Musk. I'm assuming for flamethrowers. Wait, um, Elon Musk Ice is from Cube. Do what? Wait, Elon... Wait, you said Elon Musk? Elon Musk. What is he from again? Sorry. Elon Musk. The name is literally not ringing a bell. What? <laughs> okay, give, give, give me a minute. Dude, Elon, owner of Tesla. <laughs> oh. oh. The flamethrower dude. Oh, my bad. What? How do you... What? Well, I'm sorry, Caleb. <laughs> not all of us can think about buying a rich-ass car. <laughs> Dude, this is Joe Rogan all over again. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we don't bring that up. How How do you not know Elon Musk? I I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Shut up. Dude, we're going to get we're going to catch some shit for that. <laughs> we, it's just going to be me. Yes, you. <laughs> Thank goodness no one knows my private Instagram. Don't you dare say it. I was, but I forgot it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, you follow the Albros account, don't you? No, I don't do that. Yeah, just search just search his uh his personal Instagram. Just search his name. Just search Rose in the Albros followers and you'll find him. You're a traitor. I hope you know that. Yeah, well, you should know who Elon Musk is. <laughs> You're such a dick. Yeah. Anyway, um, along with Keanu Reeves and Elon Musk, he has Ice Cube. Yes. And Jackie Chan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, so lineup. his... So his bully... Or the BitHud podcast, their bully is going to be confused as shit. 
<laughs> Someone's go oh, you're gonna get your ass whooped by Jackie Chan. Probably bitched out by Ice Cube. You're gonna get a little toasty with Elon Musk <laughs> and his flamethrowers, and then Keanu Reeves is just gonna like flat out murder you. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and then Shy's picks. I feel like Frank Grillo and Dana De Lorenzo are gonna like kick some ass. <laughs> It's While true. Shy is being helped <laughs> emotionally by Mark Hamill and Al Yankovic. <laughs> yes. Okay, I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, so. Freaking love those answers. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on over to Twitter. Uh, we got a response from the Royal Mumble podcast at Mumble Royal. Uh, they said, The Mountain from Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's a good choice. You know The Mountain, but you... Never mind. Sh <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. The Mountain from Game of Thrones. The Rock. Chris Hemsworth. I thought you were going to ask me, do you know The Rock, Rose? No, I, like, I know... I was going to bitch slap you across the screen. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, and Joey Diaz. He says, three for physical intimidation, and I feel Uncle Joey can roast anyone back into their mom's belly. Fair enough. Yeah, so he's taking a more uh, direct approach. <laughs> a more yes. physical approach to his bullies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then our last response comes from... Catfish Silly at Jason Lampro. Uh, he said Joey Diaz, Tom Segura, Tony Hinchcliffe, and Anthony Jeselnik. He says that poor bully would end up with three complexes, nightly bedwetting, and a therapist for life. <laughs> and then oh, I commented I and said, so I feel super bad for the bully. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I because love it. yeah, that that bully would end up with uh, some complexes and yeah. emotional issues for the rest of their lives. Yep. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. thank you everyone for answering our yes. question of the week. I thank apologize so that Rose doesn't know people. <laughs> Dude, I everyone is so so just flabbergasted by your movie knowledge or by your knowledge of people in general like last time you didn't know who um joe rogan was untrained eye freaking messaged us and was just like oh so um rose doesn't know joe rogan one of the biggest podcasters in the world but he knows that this one dude played a minor role in like the in zookeeper. <laughs> like what? <laughs> okay, funny story. I've never seen zookeeper, so your statement. Oh, it was it was something else. I forget what. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I have Kevin to go James, back right? to that. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh oh no no no. It was um Big Mama's house. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, because I know the girl that plays one of the girls in Fantasy Island. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think it was that. Are you I think sure? It was I... a du- no, I think because we were I think we were talking about it in our Oh no, it was a. It was his question of the answer to the question of the week. Okay, yeah. So it might have been. It might have been that. Okay. I pick up on weird shit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You confuse the shit out of our (laughs) listeners, and I kind of love it. (laughs) So anyway, what I really quickly, I I just want to point out. Do you want to know how weird I am? The other night, I spent 45 minutes. Okay, shut up. But I spent 45 (laughs) minutes on YouTube looking at uh, videos (laughs) of the voice actors of the chipmunks and chipettes, but slowed down to where you can actually hear their real voices. I literally went through every single video (laughs) of those because I was very. Because I find that shit interesting. Oh, my hell. It's like, oh my gosh, that's Christina Applegate. Is Britney what? That's funny. That's, that's super funny. <laughs> uh, it ruins the movie, <laughs> but dude, wait. I've been getting super into watching uh, Fortune Fire videos. The hell is that? Um, it's like a History Channel show. Um, oh. Where it's they bring in four blacksmiths to compete, Ooh. and they have a certain amount of time to create some sort of knife out of some weird material. Um, that sounds bitching. But I've been, yeah. So I've been watching that, and yeah. So I've been watching a lot of Forged hmm. and Fire. Nice. And I've I watched like the kill tests too, and I'm watching like critical or critical weapon failures where like their blade will break yeah. during a test and um where it will fail like uh the kill test and like one dude freaking had it where he they had a blade and it was like a long sword and he went to get some like to cut this pig carcass and it didn't cut, but and bent the sword. Shit. Yeah. And then this other, di- so he and so he thought he lost. He's just like, well, shit. Like I guess I lost. And so he like started congratulating the other guy, and the uh, so the other guy had like all he had to do was last like one cut. <laughs> And his freaking blade on the first cut, like, all right, like, all right, we're gonna do this kill test. Swung the sword, and the sn- sword snaps. Oh shit! And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it blew my mind. <laughs> That's pretty damn cool. Yeah, but I, I love watching shit like that. <laughs> nice. Uh, anyway, uh, what was I saying? Anyway. So, thank you, everyone, that answered our question of the week. We really appreciate hearing thank from you, you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, and we hope you guys continue to answer our question of the weeks when they come out. All right. Uh, Caleb, I can't remember. Did we say that we are cutting off the explanation of how we grade movies? We done with it? 
No. We're still gonna do it. Um oh no, we're I'm we're not cutting off the explanation. I just was explaining or stopped explaining that we grade things beforehand now. Oh, okay. Alright, well, Caleb, would you like to explain to the audience how we grade movies? Or the categories. Yes, yes I would. Um, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final All Bros letters grade. Um, it also gives us a percentage that we discuss after, but the eight categories that we grade are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then at the very end we give it our own personal grade. And then that gives us all of the math that we need to come to a letter score. Or to a grade school letter grade thing. I'm going to find some like way to explain this in the future. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get there um, one of these days. But yeah. But I think like I said, or like Rose pointed out, we grade these beforehand now. Instead of before. <laughs> Or right. instead of during. This makes it a lot easier and I feel Yeah, it's it more, more justifying our up. score. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so those are the eight categories that we grade. Um, so starting off with story, if you have not seen this movie or the musical, number one, go check on. it out. Yes. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Um, but Rose is about to spoil the entire movie. So, so he's going to read us a synopsis and we're going to discuss the score that we gave it. So buckle in for another exciting episode of Reading with Rose. With two E's. Yes. <laughs> All right. In Edgewater, Indiana, head of the James Madison High School PTA, Miss Green, announces the school's prom will be canceled because female student Emma Nolan wanted to take a girl to the dance, defying their traditional beliefs, and much to the dismay of their principal, Tom Hawkins, who supports Emma. Meanwhile, in New York City, narcissistic Broadway stars Dee Dee Allen and Barry Glickman are disappointed after their show Eleanor, the Eleanor Roosevelt story, closes on opening night due to negative reviews. They are comforted by Trent Oliver, a Juilliard graduate who is between acting jobs, and Angie Dickinson, a performer who has just quit her part in the chorus of Chicago. They realize Dee Dee and Barry need a cause to seem caring and selfless, and after finding Emma's story on Twitter, they drive to Indiana with the cast of Godspell. At school... Emma is bullied and harassed for being a lesbian and for the cancellation of the prom. The actors barge into the next PTA meeting in favor of Emma, and while Mrs. Green is furious, Hawkins reveals he is a big fan of Dee Dee. Emma and her secretly closeted girlfriend Alyssa, Miss Green's daughter, meet in private and talk about Alyssa coming out to her mother. The actors arrive at a motel and perform at a monster truck rally event, but are booed off the stage. Hawkins tells them the Indiana Supreme Court wants the school to hold a prom for Emma and invites Dee Dee to have dinner with him at Applebee's, where the pair bond. The next day, a number of promposals occur, and Alyssa's cheerleader friends Kaylee and Shelby find out about Alyssa's plan to come out. At Emma's grandmother's house, Grandma B reveals Emma was kicked out by her parents at 16 when she came out, and Barry tells her he left his house before his parents had the chance to make him leave. 
Afterward, it is revealed that the PTA arranged a separate prom for her, with the real prom being held at a private club. A furious Emma calls Alyssa, who tells her she did not know and she is not ready to come out yet. Dee Dee accidentally reveals they came to Indiana to improve their image, leaving Principal Hawkins disappointed with her. The next day, Mrs. Green addresses the media frenzy the, that followed the separate proms. Angie comforts a heartbroken Emma. Barry tells Dee Dee to get Emma on her ex-husband Eddie Sharp's show while she tells him to call his mother Vera, but they both are reluctant. Dee Dee meets up and apologizes to Hawkins, and they reconcile. Emma meets up with Alyssa and breaks up with her, despite her apology. Trent convinces the students that being gay is not wrong, and they agree to apologize to Emma for their homophobia. Dee Dee arrives at the motel and tells everyone she agreed to give away her house in the Hamptons in order to get Emma on the on Eddie's show. She turns this offer down to tell her story her own way and sings a song she wrote during a live stream, which goes viral online. Trent confronts Kaylee, Shelby, their boyfriends Nick and Kevin, and three unnamed students and persuades them to support Emma with the help from the Godspell cast. Realizing they truly care for her, the actors decide to throw her an inclusive prom themselves and contribute to the budget, including Dee Dee with her American Express card. Afterward, Dee Dee tells Barry she called Vera, who wants to talk to him. Vera tells Barry that although she cannot undo what she did, she always wanted a relationship with him, and they make up. Kaylee and Shelby, Nick and Kevin, show up at the gym and apologize to Alyssa and Emma. Mrs. Green also arrives to stop the preparations for the prom, but Alyssa finally comes out to her mother, and Mrs. Green leaves silently. Alyssa and Emma reconcile. Later that night, Emma and Alyssa show up early to meet with the actors. The students and many teens from the LGBT community show up for support. Angie receives a message about getting the lead role in Chicago. Trent signs on to Trent signs on to be the school's drama teacher. Barry arrives with Vera and is crowned prom queen, while Dee Dee and Hawkins share a kiss and start a relationship. After the dance begins, Mrs. Green arrives, apologizes, and embraces Alyssa, accepting her for who she is. Emma and Alyssa finally share a public kiss, and everyone celebrates. Hell yeah. Um, so we ended up grading this collectively as an 85 not too shabby. Not too bad at all. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I, a lot like, more than I thought I would. Yeah, I did not expect Caleb to enjoy this movie as much as he did. Because from experience, I know he's not the biggest fan of musicals. I'm not. I'm starting to question that. Maybe I just saw like a decent chunk of shitty musicals. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, I feel like we've done a few musicals, and every time we've watched it, watched them, I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't super bad. <laughs> yeah, see? So, maybe I, maybe I don't dislike musicals. Maybe I just saw a few, and they just put a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> what was your first musical, high school musical? I, probably, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I'm I so think sorry. a lot of my I thought I think a lot of the musicals like now that I'm actually thinking about it. I think a lot of the musicals that I watched really early on 
some of my first musicals were Disney musicals. I mean, I enjoy those to some extent, but yeah, those aren't true musicals. (laughs) Yeah, I think I I prefer this kind of stuff. I prefer Broadway-esque shows. Yeah, like, um, have you seen Hairspray? Ooh, that might have been one that put a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, that makes me sad. You're talking about the one with John Travolta, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's one that put a real bad taste in my mouth. Ah, damn, I love that rendition of Hairspray. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) That movie was just a bit much for me. That's fair. I, I, I can understand that. I still can't believe they actually talked John Travolta into playing that part. Like, right? I'm being dead serious. Yeah. But this movie was really good. I think that they had a really strong story base. They did. Um, One thing that I actually uh, learned, and I think this was actually, I mean, this was one of uh, the only changes that I know that they made um, between the movie and the Broadway show, is that at the beginning of the Broadway show, it automatically just starts with the um, uh, Dee Dee and Barry singing uh, about uh, Eleanor and, you know, like them excited for the opening, and then... It transitions to the scene where Emma is rejected a prom when they have that PTA meeting. And then it goes back to uh, when Barry and Dee Dee find out that uh, Eleanor is a flop. It's not going to work. And so I like that this starts off. I like that the movie starts off like like shocking, depressing. You know, you, f- you feel very sad that this is happening. And then it jumps into this like broad like this huge like two huge broadway numbers um because i feel switching from like you know like uh what's the word pop to sad back to pop is i don't know i I feel it's a little too much because it's like okay you want me to be happy and then sad and then happy again agreed i think that the bouncing back and forth would have been I think it might work more in like a musical, I can agree like with a that. live Broadway performance. But cinematically, I don't feel like that would flow very well. I agree. So I, I feel that was a really good change that they made. Yeah, it worked out really good. I think that was one of the first things that I said to you, like, um, while we were watching this, because we we tried watching this together in a not at super legal way, um. You just had to put that out there, didn't you? I didn't say it was completely illegal. I just said it's a super not... It's a frowned upon way of watching it. Okay. All right, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that was one of the first things I'm like, oh, they just kind of take off. (laughs) Because yeah, literally after they finished the uh, first uh, Changing Lives song because there uh there's uh two versions of it both the same title um, but he's just like what the hell is this rose yeah because it just kicks off like it gives you no warning no it doesn't but i mean that's broadway for you man that yeah 
So I actually really really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but I really enjoyed Emma's story and the way that things were getting revealed about her and her backstory in a very subtle way that made it almost a little bit more powerful. I agree. I mean, I feel one of the most powerful scenes in this movie um, is when the uh, Emma's grandmother uh, talks about how, you know, um, to when she's talking to James Corden or Barry, she's just like, you know, you're not a mother, so you don't know what it's like to see your own daughter give up on her child. And it's, it's like little story moments like that that just like i've never seen a i don't know i haven't seen a lot of movies of uh um guys and girls coming out as uh being gay or lesbian um and so seeing uh them getting rejected or basically tell or i mean this never happens in the movie but like telling them to get pushed back into the closet freaking breaks your heart man like, cause you, yeah, you, it does. You, you want Emma to be accepted by everyone, but you know, it, unfortunately, there they are. There are some people that just don't believe in her values, and damn man, it, it really breaks my like. The first time I, I mean, I I don't think I cried when we watched it, but like that scene, and then a couple of other scenes when they're just talking about not accepting when someone comes out, like I tear up. It's it it's so sad. Yeah. I think that they t- did a really good job at telling uh, a very heartwarming story. Absolutely. And kind of taking you along for that ride. Like, we were more or less in the same shoes as Barry and Dee Dee and all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning about Emma as we went along. Okay, like, I'm we on. didn't... Oh, sorry, go ahead. What? No, I was no. just saying, we we learned a lot about her um, through them. Yes. And absolutely. through interactions with them and the people around around her. Um, I was just going to ask that uh, in that scene where, uh, when, um, like, the two cheerleaders are antagonizing Emma... And all that stuff, and then Alyssa comes and you know, like tells them off and everything. And as she's walking away, could you like tell that? Okay, yeah, that th- they're a thing. Oh yeah, like the second <laughs> she started defending, I'm like, okay, yeah. so that's her secret girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, the whole head turn, her head turn, and then Emma smiles at her. I'm like, yeah, okay, y'all are a thing, and it's adorable. <laughs> Yeah. Um what I loved also like a lot about this movie that I think some movies kind of overdo, but I think this one did in a very very good way were the side stories. And like the couple yes. side stories that there were was between Dee Dee Baker and the principal. I think that was a very good um side story. The side story with um, uh, Barry and his mother and not being accepted by his own family and kind of understanding Emma's struggle with that. Um, yeah, the scene when they him, reconcile gets me every time. 
Oh my gosh, dude. I was like, I was on the verge of tears <laughs> with that. <laughs> I, was, I was so close. I'm just like, oh, just stop. And then the, then the scene ended. I'm like, oh, oh thank, thank you. Goodness. <laughs> but it's just so, it's sad. <laughs> it is. But it's also just like it's it's heartwarming and sad, and it's just like it uh, it, it just hits you in the right feels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I loved all of that, and then the other two, I forget what their names were, but uh, Trent and um, Nicole Kidman's character. What is her name? Uh, Angie. Yeah, and Trent and Angie, I think that they were more side characters. Nicole Kidman, I mean, I feel Nicole Kidman is a very well-known actress, so I think it's awesome that she took a a side character gig, and freaking fantastic. She knocked it out of the water. Same thing with uh, Andrew Reynolds, who played, or sorry, Reynolds. I I butcher his last name. Um, But, oh, phenomenal is Trent. Oh yeah, they they knocked it out of the park, and we'll get into that with yeah. acting. Sorry, I always skip ahead. I apologize. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, I think this the story it was really good. It's just I don't think it was perfect by any means. No, no, it's it's not. Um, but I feel for the most part because it has to bounce around so much with so many characters. Um, I I feel it does a decent job juggling them. I think it does too. Um, so eighty-five is definitely above average. Um, I think you can definitely make the argument for higher. It's just I think that there was just a a good enough story to get in an eighty-five. That that's where yes. I sat at. No, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, moving on over to writing, uh, we ended up scoring that as an eighty-seven. Which I think is well deserved. I think it was slightly above the story. Yeah, I can absolutely agree with that. Um, I feel the writing. What? Oh, sorry. Go. No, go ahead. Uh, no, I I feel um a part where uh the writing really stands out. I mean, this is also with the acting. Um, but uh, is that scene in the hotel room between Barry and Dee Dee, and how, you know, she's talking about how you know. You need to talk to your parents before it's too late and all this shit. Everything is just written so well and it comes across as so freaking sad. And just the writing in that scene is just so damn strong. Absolutely. Um, Honestly, I think the weak points for me were the bullying. Yeah, I think that the was bullying was just a little over the top. It was it was kind of stereotypical uh movie bullying. That that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, and I th- I don't think that's what bullying is anymore. No, it's not. As far as I I don't think you get made fun of to your face. No, it's it's everything cyber now, isn't it? It is. And I think they I don't know. I think that they could. I think that what should have happened 
Because, I mean, she got bullied a few times for being gay. Mm-hmm. I think what they should have focused on more is maybe people getting mad at her for uh prom not going not i mean they kind of yeah, do that i mean because um i think they should have focused on that more i think people would be more directly upset with her about prom than they would with her being gay that's true because i i feel like the only scenes that really focus on that is because of course that scene where you talk about how the two bully cheerleaders they leave those bears in her locker i think was it the bear called les Yep. Sorry, that's it. Um, and then you have the two jocks that are saying like, "Oh well, if you were gonna bring uh, an exchange student girl, then why don't you exchange her for a guy?" And all that. Like, I feel that's literally the only bullying moment, and then automatically it just switches back to, "Oh, hey, prom's back on, so we don't have to bully Emma anymore." Yeah, I. That's kind of where I was. Like a lot of that was. I'm like, eh. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I feel if they maybe had a little longer, they could have done a little more. But, I mean, this movie's already two hours, so I don't know what else they could have really added. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it would have been tough. But I, ju- I don't know. I just I would have done less with the direct bullying. And maybe... I would have maybe focused a little bit on the cyberbullying. Because... Eventually, when it gets to the point where she's going to get out there and tell her story, she's. I think it would make more sense for her to have more of an online presence throughout the film. Like, I feel. I agree. And I feel what would have been like a really interesting way to get across the whole cyberbullying thing is that scene where it's uh, her and Angie just sitting on her bed and you know they they've said that they've been hanging out for a couple weeks and maybe during that scene she just talks about like what she's been how she's been harassed online what's happened um i I feel that would have been a perfect moment to bring up cyberbullying into it yeah and i think that would have been a little bit more relevant yes as well so like i said i think the way that she was going, I think the TV option would have been almost better or preferable. That's fair. But, and then it's just, she jumps online. And it, it, that almost, it almost didn't make sense for her to jump online like that. Yeah, I, I get what you're coming from. Like, I don't know. I, I just think it should have been... Maybe dealt with a little bit differently, but yeah, I overall the the writing was was excellent. Um, like I said, it, it definitely was high hit in a different way than the story did. Mm-hmm. I thought it, the writing was definitely better than the story. <laughs> yep, I can agree with that as well. But it also didn't quite get up to a ninety because I feel like there was some wasted dialogue. And you know how I feel about wasted dialogue. <laughs> yeah, Caleb won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the whole podcast is about, asshole. <laughs> uh, okay, what's one wasted dialogue that you can think of off the top of your head? Most of it was the bullying. That okay. was really my only issue. 
Fuck, um, I didn't love the classic line. Do you like the bears? Yeah, like, that's wasted dialogue. <laughs> like, guess what? We can see the bears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, moving on over to acting. Uh, we gave this cast an 89% overall. Which I well think is deserved. pretty high compared to some other um, casts. I feel this movie has an all-star cast. Like, ugh, love it so much. Yeah. Um. So, like you said, we had Meryl Streep. We had James Corden, Nicole Kidman. I'm forgetting what the other dude's name is. Andrew Reynolds. Yeah, and then we also who whoever played Emma. Oh, um, uh, it's like Joe Ellen Pellman, I think. Ellen Pellman. I think. I think. Don't quote me on that. That doesn't roll off the tongue whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe Ellen Pellman. Yeah, that doesn't roll off the tongue even a little bit. But okay. Um, we also had, oh shit, I'm going to forget his name, Michael Keegan Key. Yep, as the uh, Principal Hawkins. Uh, we had Carrie Washington as Mrs. Green, and then uh, Ariana DeBose as Alyssa Green. Yeah. Honestly, I would, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, my top, my top four my number one is definitely going to James Corden. Same. Oh, absolute same. I have seen him act before. Never like this. Yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, for those who have listened to previous episodes, you know how we feel about, you know, the casting of him and everything. The whole thing with Ryan Murphy. So, if you want to hear our thoughts, go back to that, because don't want to get into it again. Everything. But... Yes, James Corden is incredible in this movie, in our opinion, and oh, I just love him in this movie. It was so good. Like he hit emotional. So he he plays a a gay character, but he doesn't like overdo it. No, no, he's he does not. I feel like it's super easy for straight actors to over play gay mm -hmm. just go maybe a little bit too far with it I think J James Corden did an amazing job at just nailing the perfect level where Absolutely. he's just like slightly more flamboyant yeah and as far as I know that's how the character was written even for the Broadway show yeah so it was I thought he was excellent. And the reason I thought he was so excellent was because of the emotional scenes. Mm -hmm. He nailed it. <laughs> like, he's the reason that I almost freaking cried. <laughs> like, that scene with him and uh, Meryl Streep in that hotel, I, I know I brought this up with writing, but I gotta bring it up with acting. That honestly could... Um... Be to like say like you were auditioning for uh, something and you needed a two person scene that was very emotional. 
I feel that is one of the most perfect I've ever seen. If you want to keep it nice and short, that is a perfect scene to do. Oh yeah, definitely. It's yeah, he he killed it. He absolutely killed it. Absolutely. Um so yeah, I'm putting him as my number 1 spot. Number 2 I'm probably going to give to Emma. Yeah, Joe Ellen Pellman was incredible. And this is actually her first uh first movie. Is it really? Yeah. At least Yeah, as far as that I just know. that just solidifies her spot in number 2. She did amazing. And oh, I think they focused Okay, I lied. Okay, this is her first <laughs> like breakout. Rose. Sorry. Okay, this is like her first breakout role. Cuz it's mostly just been like little like uh what's the word? cameos cuz she's been in the marvelous Miss Maisel and the Deuce. And they were just like little very little roles. Okay. Um yeah, she she killed it too. She did so well. Um shit, I'm trying to think of her the scene that I loved her the most in. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was when she walked into the gym and it was empty. Oh gosh, that just breaks your heart. It does. It's so sad. And dude, like I think I was like I was with the group. Like the group, they were just so excited to get her all dressed up, like everything. Like the, they were so focused on that and then they started like doing like a little dance like dancing into the prom. And Meryl Streep's, or so, yeah, Dee Dee Baker, Meryl Streep's character, kind of hangs outside, and she's just, like, starts to notice, like, where is everyone? And I didn't really, I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about the parking lot. No, I, I didn't. For a, li- for a while. This. Yeah, for a while. And I'm like, wait, this is a problem. Where are all the cars? And then she, and then that's, like, I had those thoughts, like, almost exactly as Meryl Streep was voicing, like, the... Where is everyone? <laughs> and then once like you get in and the the principal's there and he's just like I'm I'm trying to figure it out I'm trying to figure it out I was just like oh no <laughs> yeah it's 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 heartbreaking it people it, are so it, mean I know oh my gosh like. Uh, the movie does so well at like hyping you up that you almost miss that detail. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I only started thinking about it a couple seconds before Meryl Streep. I didn't um, start thinking of stuff. Yeah. See, I thought later. I didn't think until after she like started putting down her phone and then she looked around at the parking lot. Yeah, I was oof. Freaking broke my heart. Yeah, it's so depressing. Yeah, um, my number three. Uh, I'm between Trent and Meryl Streep. Honestly, it could be a coin flip for either one of them, being three and four, because th- those are my three and four. <laughs> okay. 
So like it's it. a coin flip. But as of right now, I'm thinking I'm leaning more towards Trent number three and then Meryl Streep number four. Very nice. I like it. Yeah. So what what about you? What's your top four? All right, uh number one, same, James Corden. Uh I feel number two, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you, Emma, Joe Ellen Pellman. She was amazing. Um I feel I'm gonna probably get hate for this just because I feel she deserves a, a, a little credit just because I feel she was incredible. Um, but so three, I'm going to put Andrew Reynolds as Trent. But number four, I'm going to actually put um, uh, Nicole Kidman. Right? That's it's Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah, Nicole Kidman as Angie. So I'm sorry, right. Meryl Streep is fifth. Streep, wow. Not Meryl Streep. <laughs> Meryl Streep. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel I like mean, fourth is like tied that. between like Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep. Let let let's put it that way. Okay, that's that's fair. Um. All right, who who would you give the lowest to? Hmm. I would not say Carrie Washington uh, was amazing. She played like a bitch so well. So it's not her. <laughs> <laughs> didn't she yeah she did a really good job <laughs> uh, honestly she she's really close to at least top five yeah um i probably say um it's it's definitely one of the uh the bull uh, what's her name it's um it's one of the high school kids uh shit what's her name Apparently Ariana Grande is in this movie. What? I yeah, I didn't know that. Where? I I don't know. Oh, um, Logan Riley Hassel, who played Kaylee. I don't know for like if I'm uh putting her between uh Sophia Deller, who played uh, Shelby. I thought Shelby uh, did a way better job. That's fair. Out of the main cast, I'm probably going to give the lowest to Alyssa, even though that's not a bad spot. I'm not like saying she was awful, but I think she is definitely the lowest. Like I think I ended up giving her when I was averaging everyone out. I think I ended up giving her at seventy nine. That's fair. I mean, I feel. I swear she had a lot more to do in the Broadway show, so I, I wish that they did give her more to do because Ariana DeBose, I think, was a great choice to play her, and what we see her in, she does amazing. I, I just wish that she was able to get more out of her character. Yeah, I think that was my big issue with her. It's just like, she's such a... Like a a primary character or she should be such a primary character but she's really not no sidelined in this yeah absolutely yeah so so yeah um like we said acting got 89 uh getting into character development um i think we both scored emma yes and we gave her an 85 so kind of just down a story. It wasn't a bad 
arc that she had. I think no, she had a really I'm, good arc. I mean, I do appreciate that um, in the show, she's already come out as gay. I do appreciate that we... we I mean, as much as I would love to see her uh, story of her coming out, I do appreciate that it's already established and we're just going from there. Um, but it's really, it's all, it really is awesome just seeing um, her kind of after all that she's gone through, picking herself up, realizing that she is loved. Like uh, when she sings that song on a YouTube live stream and it just goes viral. And like the one kid says, you're not the only one. And... Uh, like Caleb said, it's not the greatest um, character arc, but for her, it, it's a perfect character arc. Absolutely. I I cannot agree with you more. I think you nailed it right on the head. Um, yes. I think there was a lot of good character moments for her. Um, one that stands out in my mind is the scene with her and Nicole Kidman. And her just kind of more or less giving up on oh yeah on like herself the, and like, the like whole I, line. I, I don't know if I can <laughs> yeah like the whole line where she's just like I never thought that I could I thought when my parents stopped loving me that I could never feel any worse and here I am right now and I've never felt so alone yeah and oh my and, gosh. Yeah, I think that really was a crying. really good moment with them. Uh, but yeah, I think every everything it was it was really well done. It's just it's not perfect by any means. I think there's a lot that they just kind of gloss over. But I, I feel in this kind of story, it it it, it kind of works. Like it does. It yeah. definitely does. Like, like I said, I, I would have loved to see her coming out story. Like, I think that would have been awesome. Um, but I do understand and I appreciate that they the movie just starts off with her already coming out. That she's already announced to everybody that she is lesbian. Yeah. So this is a above average. It's a very strong arc. Um, and it it deserves it. It absolutely Absol- deserves yeah. it. Absolutely. All right, moving on over to effects. We ended up giving that an 89.5. Um, I feel the two biggest effects, this is more set design that stand out for me, is at the beginning and at the end. Uh, the beginning is during the uh, Changing Lives reprise uh, when they're singing about going to Indiana Um all that jazz. And what I love so much is that when they're outside, all of that was actually filmed on Broadway. It it looks like it even Kayla pointed out that it kind of looks green screen, but I feel that's kind of how broad like for how bright Broadway actually is, like uh the strip that they were on, it can look like that, but I I just appreciated that so much that they actually filmed those scenes on Broadway. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, I meant to go back and rewatch the that scene, the opening one specifically. Yeah. But that I I haven't, so I can't like I don't feel like I can accurately score that or dock it for anything. <laughs> um But yeah, it looked super green screen. 
You'll have to watch it again soon and let me know what you think after knowing that that is actually how Broadway's supposed to look. Yeah, like, I, I the way that I kind of justified it with, I think I even brought it up with you, I think they just oversaturated That's just fair. all of the lights, Yeah, and they didn't saturate the actors enough. That's fair. So it just it just seemed like it was fake. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. Um. So there's that, and then of course the prom at the ending, amazingly set up. It looks incredible. The whole entrance, the archways, gorgeous, and like. But that uh, looks fake too. <laughs> okay, but it's kind of supposed to, isn't it? <laughs> For a prom. Yeah, but okay. Think about it though. When they come when after they come in and it starts showing the stage and everything, yeah. it almost looks like a dreamscape. There you can't see the walls, you can't see the floor properly. It's <laughs> it looks like you're walking in to heaven. Where it's just a like a it's just cloudy and beautiful and blurry. And I'm like, mm, I don't give a shit how well you decorate a place. There's no way in hell you can disguise walls. <laughs> Especially well, in a freaking high school gym. I mean, if you kind of think about it that way, the whole like heaven kind of aspect, you know, maybe that's how they want to look at it that way is that like in the final song, um, no one cares who your untruly heart loves, but until that day comes... Uh, I say cue the drums, it's time to dance. This is how they want the world to be, but they know this... It, I mean, unfortunately, it's probably never going to happen. I mean, we can hope. I would love to see the world like this, but this is just what they would love to see, and this is kind of their way to escape to the world that they wish that they could live in. I mean, that's a decent explanation. <laughs> what? But still, it looked fake as shit. So, <laughs> um, but I so I counted that I actually gave those sort of effects like the re- even though it it was real mm-hmm. from what you say <laughs> it was real, and because the that I actually gave the overall like the special effects kind of low, but what okay. really bumped it up for me. I counted the choreography as effects because we count action as um into the effects. Oh yeah, that's true we do. And like the stunt work and everything, and I think the choreography could count as stunt work. So yeah, I counted that. Um so that's actually what ended up boot boosting it up for me a lot higher. Okay. Um I think I might have given like the eff- I think I sh- I give the gave the special effects the like in the low 80s and I gave the choreography in the mid 90s. It's not bad. Yeah. So, like we said, um effects is sitting at an 89.5. Not too shabby. Um Yeah. Next up in music, uh, we ended up giving that a nine. Uh, Rose ended up giving it a ten. Oh, shit. I gave yeah. it a nine, and we round down. Okay, 
I am so sorry. I actually lied. I was told wrong information. It was fake. It was fake, wasn't it? <laughs> it says, according to Bustle, the prom did not get the permission to shoot on Broadway while Edgewater, Indiana does not exist as it is a fictional town. Raleigh Studios in Hollywood is one of the prom filming locations. The studio lot was built up to look like the famous New York Theater District. Freaking knew it. <laughs> I freaking knew it. <laughs> okay, my bad. Okay, I apologize. I was fed some wrong information. But even for a set, I think it still looked incredible. But that's just me. Yeah, you're not wrong. But that's why it looked fake. <laughs> so... I apologize for my big oopsie. <laughs> I forget where I heard that from. I think I heard it from beyond the trailer. Grace, how dare you? I'm just kidding. Yeah, someone's going to have to go have a chat with her. <laughs> um, yeah, getting back into music, we gave it a 9. Because Caleb couldn't talk himself into a 10. I couldn't. I couldn't in good faith or do that to myself and to the listeners. I I wish that I could. The soundtrack I, was incredible. But once again, like freaking Moana, it ruined it by one song. <laughs> I just can't believe it's that song. I thought it would have been uh, maybe like Alyssa Green or um, actually, I thought that was good. That be... one wasn't super good either. That one wasn't super good, but I liked it better than the "Give me some zazz." Oh, I have shut to, I, up! I How many times 100%. can you say zazz? <laughs> as much as Nicole Nicole Kidman damn pleases, okay? No, that's why. That's why she got a nine. <laughs> you bitch. Yeah, and we only do. I probably should include half numbers. <laughs> Because <laughs> at this point, it's just we're rounding down. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I should start to include half. <laughs> Good. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think our our system's worked out pretty good so far. Okay, I got I got I gotta know. Because I, I want to say that while we were watching it, after the song um, Love Thy Neighbor finished, you said that was your favorite song so far. Yes, was that, that actually s- was my favorite song. So th- throughout the whole movie, that was still your favorite song? Yep. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's a great song. Probably my second yeah. favorite. Yeah. One thing, and I don't know if this is just a common practice for Broadway musicals, the this all the songs seem to have the same sort of tune in one way or another or like the same same sort of uh the cadence i don't know what it is but i've noticed that in multiple musicals that i've listened to or watched every song seems to have a similar tune and I'd have to do more research on it to figure out if that's, like, on purpose. I can't remember if that is. Let let me know. Because I'm interested as well. Yeah, it's, it's odd. Like, they always have a couple songs that don't fit into that mold. Um, like, one that I'm thinking of in particular is my favorite musical, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Um, oh, that's a great they one. have... 
they have one song in it at the beginning. It's called Bless Your Beautiful Hide. And it seems like throughout the 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 movie, they seem to kind of go back to that tune a lot. Like, I, I don't even know if I could hum it right now, but... It just, like, anytime there's, like, a, a little soft spot, a little, like, bit of silence, they kind of play the be- the beautiful hide tune in the back. Like, it's just, do-do-do-do-do-do. Like, and they play it either, like, really fast when it's, like, kind of upbeat, or they play it really slow when it's kind of more solemn time. Mm-hmm. But they always seem to play that tune. And it's odd. And I, I kind of noticed it with this. There was a lot of songs that sounded similar, had the same kind of tune. It was... I'm wondering if if that's on purpose. It might be. I don't know. You got to do that research and let me know. Yeah. Definitely going to have to. Um, but like we said, music ended up scoring a 9 uh, it actually got like a nine and a half, but we round down to nine. So, sorry, you bitch. Um, next up we got costumes, which we agreed uh scored a nine. Fan, freaking tastic. Yeah, the costumes I, were so good. I sp- I wish um one thing that I w- uh wish was different. Um, and it's it's at the beginning uh, when Barry, uh, Dee Dee, um, Trent, and then Angie are all you know like dancing down down Broadway. I love that uh, Barry, Dee Dee, and Angie are all wearing like sparkly like glittery clothes, uh, blue, red, or no, I'm sorry, blue, purple, and green. But then Andrew Reynolds is just in like a red blazer. I really wish that like somehow they could have worked that he just throws on uh, a blazer that looks exactly like James Corden's, but is red. Because I I don't know, I feel that would have maybe worked a little better if they were all in unison with their clothing. I agree. I think that would have worked a a lot better. Um, That's really the only costume change I have. Other than that, mm, so good. Yeah, I think they blew it out of the park. Um, the prom dresses were just killer. Yeah. Um, Meryl Streep's uh, outfits were otherworldly. Seriously. I don't want to know how much her wardrobe budget is. Probably a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> and yet she still owes half of her unemployment check to her ex-husband how the hell is she affording all this shit how the hell is she on unemployment you got me man it's Meryl Streep we don't ask questions yeah um but yeah costumes super super good um yeah I can't say enough nice things about them um then last or for for our final category uh we are going to be talking about our personal grades uh so rose you want to take this 
or I'll go first because you had a freaking hard on for this movie. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, uh, so I ended up giving this movie a an eighty nine, and I think I enjoyed this movie a lot. A lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought it was really well done, really well crafted. It was fun. It the music just out of this world, so good. Except for one song. The story kept you engaged. It was a really emotional story, and they hit those marks so incredibly well. And that is mainly due to James Corden. If he doesn't make you tear up even a little bit, you have no soul. <laughs> Damn, dude, I'm not even. I'm not afraid to say that. Like it, it is absolutely true. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, so good. Um, I highly recommend this movie. I'm not a big fan of musicals, so if you aren't a big fan of musicals, I, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy this. So, I say go check it out. So, that's all I have to say. Rose? Yeah, like Caleb said, it's no surprise that I love this movie. Um, And I promise after this, I'm going to try to shut up about it. Just to please you, Vic. Um, But yeah, the first time I watched this movie, I absolutely loved it. Second time, loved it. And watching it again with Caleb, loved it all over again. Um, the cast is amazing. Like Caleb said, James Corden's emotional scenes and every scene that he's in are breathtaking. He's incredible. Meryl Streep is Dee Dee. Amazing. Andrew Rannells, Nicole Kidman, um, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Kerry Washington, everybody. Joe Ellen Pellman, um, just everybody amazing in this film. Um, and... I can't, I can't stress this enough, guys. If you have not seen this, please go watch it on Netflix. It, it, it deserves a watch. It's it's an amazing rendition of the show, and I hope to, honestly, I really hope to see the show at least one day when it comes to, or when it comes back to Broadway, if I can make it out there. We'll see. Um, but uh, I'm for my overall personal grade, I gave it a 90. Nice. I'm and sure people thought I was going to give it out. higher. I honestly thought you were going to. <laughs> but that all of that added up together brings us to an 89.5. So that means the final All Bros letter grade for the prom is a B plus. That is not bad at all. No, definitely not. It's sitting at an 88.125%. So it is... It's up there. Honestly, I actually checked just for shits and giggles. The music, if I would have... If they would have taken out the Give It Some Zazz song, it would have bumped it up to an 89%. Which would have been like right on the cusp of an A minus. Can't believe you didn't like Nicole Kidman's song. No, I did not like her song. <laughs> you uh, just don't have you just don't like jazz hands, do you? 
No, I freaking hate jazz hands. <sighs> you monster. Yeah. So compare so comparing this to some other B plus movies, uh this is one percent lower than Elf. One percent lower than Better Watch Out. Okay. One percent lower than Marriage Story. It is higher than Halloween by one percent. Wow. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It is two percent higher than Nightmare on Elm Street. Woo woo. One percent higher than Psycho. Okay. One percent lower than De Five Bloods. Uh one percent lower than Ready or Not. Okay. Uh, 1% lower than both Black Panther and the Avengers. 2% higher than Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1% lower... Or 1%... Yeah, 1% lower than Knives Out. Damn, this beat Knives Out? No. I thought you said higher. No, it's 1% lower than oh, Knives my Out. Bad. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, damn. It is 0.1% lower than The Invisible Man. Ooh, so close. And I don't disagree with that. I think I might have liked The Invisible Man a little bit better. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's see. It is 2% higher than The Lovebirds. 1% 1% higher than Parasite. 2% higher than Frozen 2. Okay. 1% lower than Rocket Man. Um uh, also 1% lower than Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Not bad. 1% higher than Detective Pikachu. Yeah, suck it, Pokémon. Point seven percent lower than the unicorn store. Kale Barry knows my thoughts. Freaking fight me, Rose. <laughs> that movie was amazing, and you need to shut up. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Before I blow another gasket, point two percent. It is yeah two. Po- 0.2% lower than How to Train Your Dragon 2. It is 2% higher than Captain Marvel. 1% okay. higher than How to Train Your Dragon. And 2% higher than The Lego Movie 2. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby at all. Um, we have a few other B plus movies, but I think I'm just gonna leave it there. So, yeah, I think it's sitting in a pretty fair spot. Fair spot. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. So, like we said, go check it out for yourself. It's on Netflix. Um. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Can't recommend it enough. 
Yeah. So, anyway, that concludes this week's breakdown. Um, if you liked this episode and want to check out more of our stuff, uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are damn near everywhere. If you can't find us on one area, you can probably find us on another. True that. Yeah, like we're we're on places I'm not even a hundred percent certain we're on, <laughs> or I not not certain we're on. We're on. We've shown up on websites and other um, podcast listening places that even I'm not familiar familiar with. But go check us out on those. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube. Um, you can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the All Bros. Uh, no punctuation in there at all. Uh, if you want to, you can hit us up with episode ideas, answer our question of the week, or if you want to join us for an episode, we would love to have you on. Uh, you can also do all of that through our email at channel at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash thealbros, where you can find links to everything that we do, all of our social media, all of our episodes, just all of it. Uh, you can also find a link to our merch store, which is on tpublic, tpublic.com slash user slash thealbroschannel. Uh, link will be in the description. Um, all right, so next week... To finish off February, we will be breaking down Unhinged. Starring yeah, Russell so Crowe. This is a Russell Crowe movie, and I have no idea what this is about. Uh, you know what? I actually want to keep it that way. I'm not going to say anything. All right. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. I like. It's not very often that I go into a movie blind. <laughs> I haven't looked up anything about this movie. Yeah, so dude, don't I'm look up any trailers, nothing. Sweet. Yeah, definitely not going to. Uh, So you guys can look forward to that next week. And until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. We'll catch you guys next week. Deuces. So long. Didn't do too bad, that one. Well, thank you. I feel the long was a little too soft, but I'll try harder next time. (laughs)